Hello, everybody of the internet. Welcome to Pikapi Podcast. Uh, this is a Pokemon podcast uh, focusing on the Pokemon anime uh, and getting real deep into the the nerdy fandomy side of things and and especially the writing and the storytelling side of things and trying to just chronicle Ash's journey from start to finish um in the interests of getting this out as quickly as possible because it's been a long time since I've talked to anybody and the fact that it's taken me so long to put out an episode is just a crime so we're just gonna forego any any other housekeeping and just get right into it today we are covering uh, advanced generation episode 57 going for a spinda so the opening of this episode is basically the part of the campaign where you just finished the big boss battle and now the party has to decide which story thread they want to tie up next ash has four gym badges four to go and apparently may doesn't have any contests on the near horizon so the decision is going to be made based on where ash wants to get his next badge and while, as the tale of flies, there is a city nearby, it's on the other side of a desert, and these kids did not pack their go-go goggles, so Brock suggests trucking back the way they came down through Mauville City, and eventually towards Petalburg, where May and Max's house is. Their dad is a gym leader, and Ash wasn't able to go for a real battle back when he was in town, so he's all for this plan. And you know, May and Max miss their parents, so they're, they're also for it. And Brock doesn't appear to care much one way or the other, as long as they don't go through the desert. So it's decided. May and Max, though, warn Ash. Our dad's pretty great. It's not going to be so easy to beat him. Don't get cocky. Words to remember, it wasn't an official battle, but Ash did get to kind of get a test run against Norman, the gym leader, with Pikachu. And and while they put up a brave showing, they, they did not win that battle. Norman was indeed very tough. But it's a long way to Petalburg City. I imagine there'll be plenty, plenty, plenty of time to train and, and build up some experience along the way. So, the direction is decided, the gang hits the road, and in the mountains they find a gang of Spinda, these cute little teddy-like Pokemon, um, kind of a cross between a teddy bear and a rabbit, um, with all kinds of different markings, and one very concerned trainer. Her name is Claire, she's got a butler, and together they are looking for Claire's lucky Spinda. It's all a bit confusing, but intriguing. The kids, the kids listen to her woes, and maybe she's not actually a trainer, because when Claire arrives, lucky Spinda runs away. Or maybe that has more to do with Brock being Brock and scaring it off, uh, but Claire is nice enough not to blame that on him. Once Brock is dragged off, Ash and May chat with Claire to figure out just what's going on here. Apparently, this Spinda, the one with a heart marking on its forehead, met Claire once, and ever since then, our green-haired rich girl here has had such good luck. It was the best day of her life. Good luck right up until perhaps right now. You see, this Spinda does have a trainer, one of Claire's friends, and she and her butler had promised to return it today. And now Spinda's run off and won't come home. Well, don't worry, Claire. Brock is on the case. He would do anything to serve his fair maiden. And this is one of the rare girls where it looks like Brock is speaking her love language. Like, dramatic declarations of how he's going to help her. Like, she might not be in love, but it sure ain't no rejection. Meanwhile, her butler's also burning with the same rosy feelings, so... 
Well, well, Brock, as the Spice Girls once said, if you want to be my lover, you got to get with my friends. And the old butler here seems to like you very much. So the work begins to find the lucky Spinda for Claire. You know who else could use some good luck? Team Rocket. Team Rocket has their picture in the encyclopedia right next to the entry on luck, and the caption underneath says bad. So when they overhear about this lucky Spinda, because they're bugging the trees now, I guess, they decide they want a piece of this action. So now Spinda has eight people and at least two Pokemon looking for it, like it shouldn't take too long for someone to catch a glimpse of it. The thing about Spinda as a species is that each one is different. Every Spinda have unique individual markings on their bodies. It's like a fingerprint, almost. No two are said to be alike. Which is great when it comes to identifying them, because otherwise this would be a needle in a haystack job. Like, they all look very similar until you get up close. Although, Ash can tell Pikachu apart from other Pikachu now, even though they're not as a race, equipped with such markings, so. Either way, Claire's Lucky Spinda has a heart-shaped mark on its forehead. It's a bit tough going at first to find it. There's lots of other patterned Spinda in the woods, and of course Brock finds one with a broken heart pattern. I think the universe is trying to tell you something, buddy. As it turns out, it is Claire who finds her friend first. And Spinda doesn't look upset to see her, so this isn't a case of dramatic running away type emotions. At least not until Ash and Max scare the bejesus out of it by jumping out of the bushes and diving on it. <laughs> Poor thing. Anyway, it runs off and takes refuge among some other Spinda friends. All similar, but uniquely their own. The gang pokes around the group of Spinda, looking for the heart-shaped one. And here's where I put some questions to the writing staff, like... Pokemon are not morons, and as we've repeatedly seen over and over again, they don't speak human language, but they comprehend it, fluently comprehend it, down to the nuances, and possess an equally nuanced language of their own, they use tools, etc. Like, like, they are well above the intelligence of the average pet. Even Pokemon out in the wild who have been shown to have more of an animalistic bent to them, like, this is still true. Some Pokemon communicate better with humans than others, but they are, all of them, capable of that communication through words, gestures, etc. And it is also true that occasionally Pokemon are written with the intelligence and reasoning capacity of children, very infantilized in some episodes. But again, considering this is a show about children for children, it is not unreasonable to assume that a lot of the Pokemon we encounter in this show are children as well. Like, there might be some argument for that. My point is, Pokemon, still, even at the most reasonable barriers you put on them, are still too darn smart for Claire's lucky Spinda to not realize its friend is looking for it when she's walking around with a picture being like, hey, I'm looking for this Spinda. And not just walk out of the crowd over to her. Like, there is no reason for it not to be like, Hey Claire, it's me, the Spinda you're looking for. I'm right here. For there not to be something going on here. Especially since it just got scared by strangers. Like, it's almost more likely for it to go to the protective familiar face that it knows. It's friend. 
even its buddies at this point can see the kids all looking at Spinda and referencing a photo. Like, it's weird that they don't just point over at the heart-shaped Spinda and be like, oh yeah, they're right over there. This Spinda here and the other Spinda around it are so willfully obtuse about this situation that that they're basically props, props that move. Spinda just exists to be an object to be looked for, like, so my question is, why is this Spinda making this difficult? Does it not want to be found? Does it have somewhere it wants to go? Possibly, we may find out some more things with plot, but even so, there is no reason for it not to at least attempt to go over to Claire and try to explain what's going on, or to beckon, be like, hey, this way, I'm going this way, follow if you want. <laughs> like, what is the motivation here? What is its motivation for playing, like, bait and switch with Claire, though? And yes, I, I'm fully aware that, obviously, the real motivation was just writers. We all relate to literature differently, some of them see Pokemon differently, but... But right here, like, this is a world-building flaw that you have to decide what Pokémon are and are not capable of and then stick to it. Because you have to give Pokémon equal agency to humans, because if you don't, the whole partner's conceit of the series, equal partners, the contract and agreement that the whole idealistic premise Ash lives his life by, is unfounded if you don't. And yes, that does invite a moral quandary. Uh, thank you, N, for bringing it up. But it is a quandary that the series acknowledges and is equipped to deal with. And for a kid's show, is able to deal with in a way that educates kids to be able to handle those same problems in their real lives when it's no longer a happy fiction show and they're facing real people who have that same moral quandary. Inviting them to have those hard questions and hard discussions and hard asks of themselves and, and looking critically at how they treat people. On the opposite end, if you want to play that Pokemon are more like animals or pets and have the intelligence and agency thereof, then we open a whole other can of moral worms that the show kind of can't justify in this day and age and has not really um, shown itself equipped to deal with. Has barely even tried, really. <laughs> but if they wanted to, like, that is a different direction to go. Either way, the writers have to pick a lane. They have to decide what the Pokemon are. And Spinda is not an object to just lose itself and find itself according to the needs of the plot. It's a character in its own right, and it needs a motivation for what it's doing and why. But that's the end of my Writing 101 class. Moving on, Team Rocket shows up with a vacuum. Yeah, they just start vacuuming up all the cute fluffy Pokémon. The Spinda rise into the air to be sucked up into the balloon. This includes Pikachu, but luckily Ash is quick on the draw today. He just reaches up and grabs Pikachu like, nope. Claire, having not met Team Rocket before, is like, why on earth would you want to steal my Spinda? And I have to hand it to Team Rocket. Like, there's no convoluted boss fantasy plan this time. Just, we want it. We could use some luck. We're bad guys. It's what we do. Like, just nice and simple. 
See, motivation doesn't have to be complicated. It just just needs to be there. Um, as it seems, though, luck is only bestowed upon Claire. James pulls Spinda out of the vacuum bag um, full of its comrades. Like, well done for him getting the right one, but that's the last boon Teen Rocket's getting today. Spinda punches him in the face. Good job. Correct response. Spinda beats up the entirety of Team Rocket by itself. It's just awesome. Give this Pokemon an award. Now, sadly, it did not have a huge window of time while Team Rocket was spiraled out and confused and did not use those few seconds well enough to figure out a way down. And to be fair, it doesn't know that Ash and Pikachu are so used to this situation that if it just leaps off the side of the balloon, it will be caught. They are ready and trained. <laughs> so Team Rocket comes to and Spinda is still in front of them, hasn't figured out how to get down, and they are mad. But so is Spinda. It uses hypnosis and, again, takes down the entirety of Team Rocket. It's four beings, two people, two Pokemon, if you can't Wobbuffet, it. Like. So, can Ash borrow this Spinda for the Pokemon League? Like, this is the most proactive Pokemon in peril we've ever seen. And so capable. Like, I'm sure Ash is on the ground like, why am I even here? They do not need my heroics today. With no one to pilot the balloon, it slowly drifts to the ground, and Ash, Claire, everybody run up to help. Spinda's in the process of helping all its friends out of the vacuum, and when Claire runs up, it appears to panic? All the Spinda run out and mix up. Again, no one can tell who's who until it's too late. The heart-shaped Spinda has run off alone into the woods. Claire is very distraught. Again, I have some huge questions about... Why it's reacting the way it's reacting, it's just... I can make up some things in my head, but this is still dumb. Speaking of dumb, Team Rocket, however, are never ones to stay down once they're beaten. Once they wake up, they hatch a plot to trap the Spinda again. This time, by capturing a Teddy Ursa, painting it to look like a Spinda, and using it as bait. While they debate whether or not Spinda's dumb enough to fall for this, I will point out... Guys, you just captured a Pokemon. Illegally. Like, give this to the boss and quit while you're ahead. I mean, don't give this Teddy Ursa to the boss. That's mean. But you see my point. You do. They don't. Jessie is determined to make this work. She jumps in front of Teddy Ursa and starts giving it an acting lesson. Spinda has to buy this. Sell it, Teddy Ursa. Put some swagger in it. So... While this new educational opportunity might be the break Teddy Ursa needs to get its Oscar, its parent Ursa Ring does not approve. At all, Team Rocket gets hyper-beamed for their efforts. So I anticipate it being a full two minutes before they come back from that. With the good guys, the search for Spinda continues. Brock keeps finding the broken-hearted patterned one. Ash asks Taylo to get in on this, and Claire hits on an idea. She thinks she knows where Spinda went, kind of remembering uh, how she met it and the significance it has in her life that she will reveal later. Which is good, we'll probably want to find it soon because as I said, Team Rocket is back from their two minute break and determined that acting is the way to lure the Spinda in. And you know who's really good at impressions and acting and generally udahogging it up? Meowth. So they do what they should have done from the start. They dress Meowth up like a Spinda. 
isn't exactly giving it his best uh, work, but just as his human friends bemoan that it's never going to work, Spinda does come up to Meowth and is like, dude, what what the heck? <laughs> What's wrong with you? Team Rocket, in their haste, accidentally trap Meowth in the net. Spinda runs away. They chase, leaving poor Meowth tied up to a rock, tangled in a net and in a Spinda costume. Like, he's just so resigned. But he does manage to free himself just in time for Spinda to turn around and use Teeter Dance. This Pokemon is one after Pikachu's own heart. Like, Claire, why were you even worried? Clearly it can take care of itself. Teeter Dance confuses Team Rocket, sends them stumbling off a cliff. Hopefully this time they're done. Like, that's number three now. But Spinda, it runs up the mountaintop as Claire predicted, and she and the kids follow all the way to the tippity top where there's a plateau filled with flowers and other Spinda. It's very beautiful. Up in the sky, uh, Taylo also notices what's going on, leads Ash, Max, and Butler to rejoin Claire and May and Brock. But still no questions are answered. Like, sure, Spinda wants to go here for reasons, but why is it being such a jerk to Claire about it? She's clearly trying to look for it and follow it. They clearly have a good relationship. Like, why not once just beckon it, her over, stop to explain? See, future writers, now we have to start wondering if something suspicious is up. Like, does it actually hate Claire? Like, because if it's just being dumb and thoughtless, it's the same problem I have with Pikachu sometimes. Like... Like, dude, you know Ash is going to freak out and look for you. Just tell your wife where you are already. There's no reason for this nonsense except that a writer was lazy and tried to use a character with agency as a object without such things. That just happens to move for no reason. I don't know why this is, like, especially frustrating me today, but it is. <laughs> anyway, this garden is special to Spinda. It's where it and Claire met for the first time, and where Claire met Spinda's human partner, whom she is very attached to. The Spinda with the broken heart pattern is tugging on Brock's pant leg like, hey, hey, can I rub it in? Can I? <laughs> and in truth, Brock cannot compete with this boy. Like, when he shows up, this cane dude, he is a very sparkly man. There, There's glitter everywhere. Every time he moves, it's just like, ching. None of us have a chance against that. And it's too late to try anyway. Claire and Kane are engaged. Don't be a jerk and come between that, Brock. And and he won't. He's he's not the best boy, but he's he's not a bad boy either. <laughs> Kane uh is like Ash. He's not a battler, but he does travel. He's a traveling Pokemon trainer. More of the exploring and observing bent than, you know, trying to get badges and the like. And while he was off on a short journey, he left Spinda with Claire. Claire reminisces about her cute little love story with Kane. Brock holds it together as best he can. Brokenhearted Spinda comforts him. It's all very sweet until Team Rocket rises like a volcanic eruption, back again for a finale, and with a new Spinda-shaped mech. Robo Spinda has a giant R pattern on its forehead, and a lot of reach. Big, big robo go-go gadget arms. Kane is like, stand back, everybody. I'll protect you, Claire. I'll handle this. And Ash is like, oh, no, you don't. I am the main character and I have done nothing today. 
he and Pikachu leap into battle alongside Kane and Spinda. And honestly, pair Pikachu up with that boss little Spinda there, I think it's a winning combo. Or so you would think. Until Team Rocket beats them, steals Spinda with robo-arms, and shoves the Pokémon down its metal gullet, I am stunned. Ash and Kane are as well. Claire faints. And so Brock steps up, full of heroic rage and... Well, okay, man, go and have your moment. He's fueled by unholy fury that someone made his love unhappy. He throws out all of his Pokemon like, I am not here to mess around. (laughs) The robot punches Lotad and Mudkip, but Brock hugs Fortress like, come on, buddy, you're my only hope. And then chucks Fortress into battle like a Pokeball. Use explosion for Claire! It is the best explosion of Fortress's life. Professor Oak saw that from Pallet Town. The robot is reduced to a mere husk. All the Spinda are free and magically unharmed. I am flabbergasted. And then, then, just as the robot almost explodes into fiery flames, we realize that Kane's Spinda is still teetering inside it. It leaps or falls to freedom at the last second and plummets to the ground. Oh no! And then Brock jumps past the Spindus trainer who was all ready to save his partner. And Brock just screams his way into action to catch his rival's Pokemon. He does in fact catch the wrong one. The broken-hearted patterned Spinda. <laughs> Luckily, Kane was right there and ready to catch his own Pokemon, so no Spinda were harmed in the resolution of this sequence. Ash is like, this has all been very strange. I'm gonna just return to my hero duties now. He has Pikachu, Thunderbolt, Team Rocket, because they're not barbecued enough. And sends them blasting off for the fourth time in one episode. Oh my gosh. And so, that's resolved. The kids part ways after a bit of, oh Kane, oh Claire, oh Spinda. And Brock, you know, is just forlorn in the corner. You know, he really should have asked that broken-hearted patterned Spinda to come with him on his journey. Like, it seemed to like Brock a lot. And for what little we saw of it, it did seem to have a fun little personality. Uh, But Brock does resolve to find his own happiness again someday, and Ash resolves to stay focused on his fifth gym badge challenge. And that's where the episode closes out. For filler, like, this is kind of an equal divide down the middle. Like, there was a lot to like in this episode, a lot of weird and fun, but there was also a lot of the things that I dislike about filler. Like, you have Team Rocket showing up four times, and while that is a running gag that could have a huge payoff, I would not say that this episode really made use of that. Again, there were some fun characters and little moments That, again, the show did not make use of, and maybe if, you know, we cut off one or two of those Team Rocket appearances to flesh out some of what the characters were doing and what was going on in people's relationships and motivations, it might have been better. But at the same time, Team Rocket was the best part of this episode, hands down. So it's kind of a weird episode to analyze in terms of that. Like, I would definitely not say this is one of the winners of advanced generation but but it does have a lot of the same spirit of what makes advanced generation special to me which is just like we have more structure than the pure anarchy that was indigo league but there's still like a sense of cracked out craziness like 
who knows what's gonna happen. Like, we are here to have a good time. <laughs> and I appreciate that. Anyway, that will do it for today. Thank you so much for listening to PKP Podcast. It is the holiday season. Hopefully that will ease up some other things in my life and I will be able to talk to you again soon about more and more more Pokemon stuff. Because we need joy in our lives and Advanced Generation, even when it is not written at its very best, still provides. Take care out there, everybody, and I'll talk to you all next time. This has been Peek Happy Podcast. Gotta catch them all. <laughs>